Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. Oh, man. How's everybody doing? Good? Good. Because I can't tell with masks on, praise God. This is such a weird time. I don't know if we'll ever get over this weirdness. Uh, Let me pray as we get ready to dive into God's word. But I I, I just want to say again, uh, and I said this last week, um, you know, we're going to start our second service. The service is filling up. We'll start our second service coming up here in September. And um, we know that more people will be more comfortable in September. But I just want to encourage you that you... (laughs) It's more culturally acceptable to be at home right now. Uh, It's easier to not have to take the train or the bus or drive here. And it is a real sense of spiritual discipline that you came to church. And so I just want to praise God for you because it's, I mean, obviously we we set up the chair, so we were hoping you'd come, amen. But but I, I, I just, I'm proud of you. You know, it's just like, uh, I am. I truly am. I'm, I'm proud of, um, uh, and, and, and a lot of you I don't know. And that's, that, that's, that's true. So I don't, I don't know you that well, but I want to get to know a lot of you. But, but the truth is a lot of people moved. A lot of people uh, did a lot of different things. And, and so in a lot of ways, when we have this barbecue, a lot of ways we're kind of getting to know one another. Um, but I just want to <clears throat> give you props for making this decision, because right now, more than any other time, it is getting more and more comfortable to distance yourself from a spiritual community. All right, so praise God for the step you've taken in your growth. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we've come into this place, and we're asking you, even now, set an atmosphere in here of intimacy, God, where we can get to know you. Father, glorify yourself. There is no way that we will learn of you or know you more unless you speak. So God, we thank you that your word goes forth and that your uh, presence is here with us. And so we ask even now that you would remove all the distractions, that you would lean us in and press us into deeper intimacy. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you uh, weren't here last week, we have been continuing a series on prayer. And as we've been talking about um, prayer, we've been dealing with really what is a tension in prayer. You normally hear the phrase prayer request. You don't normally hear the phrase prayer conversation. Much of the way that you've understood prayer is by asking for things. And it's simply because of a formula you learned early on, and it's very understandable. And what we're trying to do in this series is we're trying to get you to move from simply having a contractual kind of prayer style where you get something from God. And we want to move you into a conversational way of praying where you get God, where you get a deeper relationship with him. Now, the tension in prayer is that there is a gap between the desires you have and God's plans. And 
there are things that you can shake off. But there are deep desires you have. There are things that you have been praying good prayers for. You have been asking for, seeking. And sometimes there are going to be moments when it does not align with God's plan, or at least does not align in that time or season of your life. So here we have your desires Desires for relationship, desires for family, desires for health. And over here, we have God's plan. And here we have this gap. What do you put in that gap? What do you put right in between there? How do you mend that divide? And that tension, that tension that grows inside of you. If we don't figure out what to place there, more doubt will come, more confusion will come, and we'll grow closer to our doubts and further away from the Lord. And the tension is real. My mom <clears throat> told you I was down in um, Alabama, Mobile, Alabama. What a place. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Just wow. It's, a, it's an amazing place. Very hot. Very, very hot. Um, and the bugs are just incredibly large. And, um, but, but I was down there with my mom for three weeks and... Um, you know, so while I was down there, we, we discovered that the growth that she, it was crazy, we discovered the growth that she had was not growing, so when I came back here, I was like, okay, she's getting better. Then one day I find out it's can she has cancer, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Then the next day, the doctor's like, no, but it's, it's all going to work out. She's, it's, it's, you know, it's not grow it's, it's going to be fine, a few radiology treatments, it'll be great. So, you know, and I see this moment where I'm like, praise God, it's so exciting, you know, and you've been in these moments where you've seen God come through. But if you're honest, you might be in a moment right now, but you have been in, been in these moments with parents or friends or family where you have been asking of God and you are just not seeing it. And it's awesome when we share our victories, like seeing my mom, seeing her change and grow and seeing her cancer get better. But I was in a Bible study one time the woman, she was on her sixth miscarriage. And this was her prayer. She said, Lord, what's wrong with asking you for a baby? You feel that? What's wrong with asking for that? And I've been in Bible studies where a woman, she had just had, she had just had a baby and the baby had autism and it just was, it was wearing her out. And she said, they, they got a surgery done and then she got pregnant again and the next child had autism. And she said, God, no more babies. I've been in a Bible study where a woman said, I, Lord, all I want is a child. And I've been in a Bible study where a woman said, no more children. And the tension is that those were good prayers. Those were God-honoring prayers. A baby's a good thing. And you are going to run into the gap. One day. Because there's something you're not going to be able to shake. 
There's some things, okay, I didn't get that promotion. It's cool. We, you know, because you still love me. Okay, I didn't get that one apartment. Cool, cool, cool. But there's, there's going to be something that's so deep inside of you, so intrinsic to how you see your life, your walk, and your future, that when you don't see God move, it is going to do something to you. It is going to have an effect on you. And that gap, you got to put something in that gap. You've got to figure out, what do I place here? Because we know God is a healer. We know he's a provider. And we're praying these deep, honest, good prayers. Jesus, he steps on the scene. And one of the things that was amazing about Jesus is he prayed differently. That's one of the things that blew people's mind about Jesus. He just, the way he prayed For centuries, he had been praying, and yet when he comes on the scene, Jesus is praying in such a way that there are men who have been praying for years that look to Jesus and want to learn how he prays. If you, if you, you know, if you, do you think, I want to believe this, but like if I was around at the time of Jesus and I could ask him to teach me one thing, I want to believe it's prayer. I do. I really want to believe that that would be what I'd want to be tutored in. But I have a belief, because I would see him like do the 5,000 thing, like the food, the fish and the loaf. I'd be like, look, how do you, bam, like how did you do that? The leper, like, yo, how did you like flip it like that? Wow, you're good. The water and the wine. I just want to try it at one party. I just want to see how it works. I'm not saying I'm going to do it all the time, just one time. Teach me how to do it. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to do miracles. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Because they understood the source of the miracles. They understood the source of his power. Can you believe that? They had been watching him for years, and they said, no, 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 teach us how to do that. Can we, because we, I'd be doing that, but I don't be doing it like you. Teach me how to do that. I wonder, this afternoon, I know some of you have been involved in ministry, or some of you have been growing with the Lord for years. Some of you might even be in a new relationship with God. But I think we should all have a posture this afternoon. Lord, teach me how to pray. Because I'm going to run into this gap one day. I'm going to be right smack dab in the center of this gap of something I deeply desire. And I'm going to be a little distant from your plan. And I need to know what to put there. Teach me how to pray. So they asked Jesus this. And Jesus in Matthew 6, and that's where we're going to hang out. Jesus says, pray, watch this, pray then like this. Now I want to, I just want to make just a quick commercial side note break just for a moment. We sang a wonderful song. Our worship team did a fantastic job of talking about, they basically sang this prayer 
that we're looking at right now. And many of you could even recite the Lord's Prayer, and that's a good thing. And many people have recited that prayer before tests, before a game, um, after stuff, and that's wonderful. But he didn't say, pray this. He said, pray like this. Jesus was saying, this is a pr- these are principles I want you to follow, not a manuscript to recite. That's very different because Jesus is trying to guide you in a certain kind of prayer life. He wants you to be able to do this on your own. So Jesus says in Matthew 6, 9, <clears throat> our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It is so interesting because right in this moment, they've been asked to be taught to pray. I'm sure they're looking like, okay, what's he going to do? Is, is he going to bend down? Is he going to get on his knees? Does he go prostrate? Does he lift up his hands? He starts talking, and the first thing that he starts talking about is he starts to praise and honor God. And he says, Father, your name is Hallowed, and that what that word essentially means is holy, to be revered, to be set apart, to be recognized. You have a reputation, you have a character that is to be honored, elevated, high, lifted up. You and I are different. Isn't that crazy? He says, The first thing you got to do when you got to pray is you got to know who he is and who you are. He's saying, that's the principle I want you to get. He's holy. Hallowed be your name. You're talking to the king of the universe, the one that set life in motion, but you're talking also to the judge, the one that could end life in a a second. You're, You're talking to someone who Isaiah said his... His his robe fills a whole room. You're talking to someone that has beings that worship him as a vocation. You're talking to someone who can set the whole world ablaze by moving the earth one way or another, or he could make it freeze by moving it one way or another. You're talking to someone that's different than you. He's holy. And when you place him as holy, it keeps you humble. What is, I mean, so, I mean, I get it, praise, worship, but why is he saying start off with, I mean, start off with that? Because you know good and well, the first thing you want to start off with is what's going on with you. You know that. Shoot, you got a lot going on. These people, crazy. And this rent, crazy. And my family, crazy. Right? This is all this crazy stuff. And it's like, I got stuff going on. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. And you're God, you can do something about it. Come on. So that's the thing. Like, we already know what time it is, Lord. Like, let's already deal with this. I got a lot going on. You know, and you can handle it. And so there's this deep tension. But I think what this 
says naturally about us is that if we don't elevate him, we will naturally elevate ourselves. And so we've got to keep you here because you know what I've noticed? I've been in the world. You know what I'm saying? I've been worldly. <laughs> and um, you ask somebody to come to a Bible study, they'll come with you. But they probably won't want to. You know, they'll be polite. You ask somebody to come to church, they might. Ah, maybe. But a lot of times people can get offended by that kind of stuff. But people generally aren't offended by prayer. Like, hey, would you mind if I prayed for you? Because people like, because in their minds, they're like, oh, you're going to get like some divine assistance. Nice. Yeah, let's, let's talk to God. Why not? What could hurt? And I think that part of the way that we're seeing prayer understood, even in the culture, is that I think our present-day spirituality doesn't have a problem with God because there's kind of a pureness to it. Like, he's going to help me. And I think ultimately, no one has a problem with God's friendship. I think the crux of the matter is God's lordship. It's not him helping you, it's him leading you. And so if you're going to have someone lead you, the first thing you need to remind yourself is who's in authority? Like, who are they and who am I? And so this this. This clarity that he places there is saying he is transcendent. But he doesn't start with his holiness. He says, our father. And so it's interesting because he takes this idea of father and he says, Make sure you make his name holy. Make sure you make him transcendent. Make sure you see some distance between you two. But see, in our present day culture, it's very easy for us to have an idea of a distant father. A father who's not around. A father who comes around on the weekends, gives us good things. You see, in our culture, the phrase close father is almost an oxymoron. Someone who will care for you. Someone who is strong, intimate, cares, corrects, but is available. My daughter, she wants an iPhone. <laughs> And the funny thing is, she has an iPhone. She has an iPhone 5. Um, she went to camp. And she's around different kids. And you know, you know how you become like your parents? Because you know what my daughter said. She says, all the other kids got iPhone 11s. You're not. All the other kids. <laughs> And then she started giving me this long, detailed, why she needs an iPhone 12. And, I'll, and I, I just keep telling her, you're talking about a, like a $1,500 purchase? Okay, we can have this conversation. Then I said no. Then she stomped off. 
And then when I say stomp, I mean that mildly, not like crazy. So she's upset. And she comes back downstairs. Then I give her a hug. And she goes to bed. And she wakes up. And I say, how you doing? And that's it. I'm always around. That was it. We had that conversation, and then we had the next day. And then the next day, she wanted something different, and then we played a game, and we laughed. You see, because our relationship is an everyday thing. She just doesn't ask me requests. It's an everyday thing. And far too often, this idea of a close father, if we're honest, for many of us, some of you had no dad around. Some of you had a dad that was around, but he was physically present but emotionally absent. And then some of you, you know, your dad was there, but he just constantly asked about grades. He constantly asked about jobs, but there was no closeness. Like, literally, I've had conversations with some of you, like, well, tell me about your dad. He's like, I don't even know my dad. He's like some man that sits in a chair and watches TV. I don't know him. We're not close. And this is what it's really bringing home. This is what the difference was in prayer. Because when people prayed, they did not pray to a God that they were intimate with. And when Jesus prayed, he prayed and he used this word father. And it was like they were close. And that's what blew their minds. You actually have an intimate relationship with God. You have a spiritual life. I want. So there's this temptation to just ask God for things. And when we ask God for things, and we don't want a relationship, we turn him into a weekend dad. And he's not a weekend dad, he's a close father. He's intimate. Now, with that, Jesus, with this distinct way he prays, he moves into another space, and he says in Matthew 6 and 10, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's already acknowledged, you are my father and we are close. You are holy and I revere you and you are up there and we are connected. But what he is saying is your plan before my plan. Your dream before my dream. And I want to align the agenda for my family, my money, my relationships with your agenda. I want what you want. And I yield my vision for your vision for my life. And this church is what we would consider 100% surrender. When we lay everything down at his feet. And this is where life change happens. Your plan before my plan. Because I trust you as an intimate father. And so Jesus is transcending the way that they would completely understand getting what you want. Really, it's what do you want, God? What do you want for my life? Laying down your will before God is the most powerful dynamic you can have in your spiritual life. It is the game changer. 
but it is also the scariest thing because it's not your plan. I mean, just seeing God in our lives do stuff that you could have never seen is amazing and scary. Giving your life completely over to him. Putting all the onus on him. Giving him your absolute future. Giving him all the plans. That is incredibly scary. But it also takes the burden off you to figure your own life out. And that's why many of you carry so much anxiety. You're trying to figure things out. How am I going to do How Rent. Oof. The next five years, where are you going to be in the next five? What are we going to do? You're trying to, I don't know. Because you put all the onus on you. And your future is about you. And your vision is about you. And when he says your kingdom come before my kingdom comes, your will be done before my will is done. And so before he even deals with this gap of God's plans and my desires, he first says, my desires are way back here and your plans are way up there. Let's first, God, in this conversation, let's first talk about you and what you want for my life. Now, I just want to pause and I want to tell you, if you will transition your prayer life from defining it by request and start having worship and begin to just honor God as a regular practice, the first thing you will begin to see is that, because you can ask God for requests all day but still feel the burden. But when you begin to worship God, you are honoring God and you are reminding yourself of the greatness and the strength of who God is. And he will lift those burdens off you in ways that you cannot imagine. Because when you just ask him for requests, it's, I mean, you ask requests every day. But when you remember you're talking to God, that's the shift. So the, the next part of this, he, it's, it's very simple. Verse 12 and 13, he says, give us. Forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. All of these words are words or phrases of complete dependence on God. He's saying, you've got to give me daily bread. And when he says, you got to give me daily bread, that means if I ain't got bread, you got to give it. But if I have bread, you gave it. Let me just say that one more time. If I'm going to get some more bread, because I need daily bread. I had Wednesday bread. Okay, Thursday bread. Okay, Friday bread. But if I got bread on Friday, it's because you gave me that bread. And if you gave me it on Friday, you'll give me it on Saturday. But if you thought that you made the bread, then you got to make the bread the next day. You got to be a bread maker. You got to be a breadwinner. You see, it's you begin with who he is, and then dependence just flows because that's my close father. Yeah. 
who's taking care of me. My request doesn't define our relationship. Oh, daily bread. And then he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And the core of that is saying that I, we have to understand the rhythm of the text is talking about a daily way of praying, a regular pray, way of praying. What he's essentially saying is, on a regular basis, I need to pray for bread, sustenance, needs. But he's also saying that on the regular, we need to talk about forgiveness. Like my, fr you, you saw that, right? Okay, well, let's just have that conversation then, right? Like, that's all it's saying. Like, I need forgiveness on the regular, and I need, so I need to receive forgiveness from you on a regular basis. I need to receive that from you. And I also need to dispense that to other people. And both receiving forgiveness and dispensing forgiveness are presumed to needing to be daily things that you need power for. All right, another commercial break, amen. Y'all ain't slick, okay? I know you forgave that person and you had the conversation with them. Y'all, public forgiveness, that's a conversation through a text message is much different than private forgiveness in your heart. Listen, I know you had the conversation with them, okay? And the next day, your brain went crazy. Evil stuff in that. I don't even want to know what's in your brain. You need forgiveness. But you also don't have the power to forgive. You see, when you just have forgiveness conversations, but you don't have forgiveness in your heart, what's actually happened is you're performing. And you're telling people, hey, I've forgiven you. But in reality, you have to have that on a daily basis. As people creep into your mind, you need to be lifting that up to the Lord. So it's, it's, it's Jesus Christ is saying this is a daily conversation for a daily source of power that you need. And then he says finally here, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. That last part speaks to our childlike nature when it comes to temptation. That last part speaks to our spiritual fragility. That last part acknowledges, God, if you don't intervene, I will say things, do things that I will deeply regret. And I need you to lead me away from some people. I need you to lead me away from some conversations. I need you to protect me from some things. Because just because you vowed not to do it won't mean you won't do it. Amen? Amen. I know people who, I mean, listen. You know, when I was in college, we were in, um, we, I was in a military college. And um, 
it was it was honestly the first time I got introdu- uh, introduced to pornography. Like it was, and it was funny because when you like grow up on Cinemax and see porn for the first time, it's just like, what? Oh, that's what that is. Like I had no idea, right? So I we didn't have websites and none of that. You had to you had to like go into Seven Eleven and be like, uh, I'm a pervert. So so can I? For $7.99, can I be a pervert? So, I mean, like, no one, no one did that. Like, no one did that. Like, so you just didn't have access to it, right? And so all of a sudden, you know, I get to college, and there's all these videos everywhere, and just grimy dudes, like, selling them. And I bought one. But regardless, <laughs> um, it was the first time I saw that stuff. And yo, I'm not, I wasn't even walking with God. I just felt bad. Like, I don't know, the ancestors? Like, is there somebody in this room with me? Oh, this feels horrible. Oh. So, like, I'm feeling absolutely horrible. So I was in a military college my freshman year. And so I, I go, I take this, v, this is VHS tape. I take this VHS tape. Google it, kids. Google it. I take this VHS tape. And I go outside into the dumpster and throw it out. I'm not even walking with God. I throw it out. Boy, that next night, don't you know I was in that dumpster? (laughs) The trash! (laughs) Talking about I'm looking for something. Like a dog that goes back to his vomit, so a fool will go back to their folly. You are not so spiritually strong that you won't go dumpster diving for foolishness. You'll go back. You'll go back! Yes, you will. And you need leadership from God. Not just accountability, amen? I'm going to tell some humans, help. (laughs) Nah. Because especially, y'all don't be telling the truth. You be telling like 60%. So so I've been struggling right. (laughs) Whenever somebody like confesses, I just let, I'm like, I know this is 60%. It's okay. Because it's embarrassing. And if you're honest, you've had some embarrassing moments. But it speaks to how fragile you are spiritually. We're a mess. We need help. We need to be led. And so what Jesus, so here they are. I'm sure they were blown away by this prayer. They were not ready for the bases that he covered. But all they really wanted to know about was bread. They didn't ask for all that temptation. They're like, oh, okay, so we we really, this is how you pray. They weren't asking about that. They were asking, how do I get what I want? And that's what you bubble over with is how do I get what I want? And Jesus prayed this very holistic prayer. Not about what you're getting, but who you're becoming. 
about your temptation, about your forgiveness, about your resources, but ultimately about your will. And so Jesus models this. I'm so, I'm, 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 I'm mesmerized by the fact that Jesus doesn't tell them about lifting their hands. He doesn't tell them a length of time. I don't, I don't think the length of time, the amount of time in prayer is actually what defines a great prayer. Because this was a relatively short prayer. I think it is the sincerity of the heart. And I think that when you have deep burdens that are on your heart, the length of your prayer should be determined by the condition of your heart. What's going on with you? Where are you? How are you dealing with the weight that's in your life? Last week, I talked about not having PG-13 prayers, but having rated R prayers, honest prayers, intense prayers. So Jesus models this for us, finally, in Matthew 26. Man, I can't imagine the triune God as they are, the Godhead, considering what the future would be like, what redemption would be like, what time period Jesus would land in. But ever since his birth, he knew his time would come. All throughout the book of John, which we went through earlier this year, he talked about his time would come. As he head closer and closer to the cross, he would talk about his time would come. And right before his time, right before he dies on a cross, Jesus says in Matthew 26, this is what it says, he fell on his face and he prayed and he said, and this is the only time this phrase is listed in the Bible, my father. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Or what you've probably heard, not my will be done, but your will be done. I find it so interesting that Jesus, the triune God who's been talking about the crucifixion for three years, the night before, he doesn't say, this is our plan. He says, this is your will. Because there's something about pain. Pain and the preparation for pain made Jesus consider a different plan. Now that's deep. Jesus, who knew the plan, I'm sure he was big in that meeting. 
I'm sure he pretty much understood like, okay, I'm the, the lamb guy. Okay, cool, got it, got it, got it, got it. Cool, 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 that's me. He knew. But the night before, he says, is there another way? That tells you that his desires were coming out. And then there was his plan. And in between that gap, he says, my father, my father, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your, your will, your will. My mom, she's walking around now, 80 years old. She's strong. And I love, I'm, I'm proud of the moments that she's having right now. But I'm going to tell you what I was blown away by. When she found out she had cancer. My mom just starts crying. She says, I'm 80, baby. And I don't know if I can handle this radiology. I said, I'm so sorry, mom. She says, no, 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 no. God is good. She looked at me. And this is a woman that has given everything to God. My mother, she believes that God's plan, even with cancer in her back, she believed that God's plan was better than hers. And one day you're going to stand in that gap and you're going to have to trust him. And some of you are in that gap right now. And you have all types of things you've been begging God for. What do you put in there? And I pray tonight, I pray tonight that you will accept the will of God for your life, the plans of God for your life, and that you would say, my father, that you would trust him as a close father, that you would be dependent on him in everything. But especially when you're not getting what you want, especially when you're not seeing it and you're praying good prayer after good prayer after good prayer, especially when you're not seeing it, that's when you really trust him. I wonder if you'd stand with me tonight. Heavenly Father, we ask even now, we're so dependent on you, God. We, we trust you with everything, God. And we ask that the Spirit of the living God would fall fresh on us, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you'd be this close Father, that I would trust you with everything. We pray that even now, God, that you would remind us that you're worthy of being depended on yeah. and trusted. God, if we're honest, this room, we, we have been placing the burden of our future on ourselves, our resume, and our network. And tonight, we need to make a shift. And we need to be honest about our desires, but your plans first. Your will first. 
God, would we yield to the will of God tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at bridgechurchnyc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com. If you're in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 98 Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, right next to the Barclay Center. We are praying for you and we hope to see you soon.